It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are so excited to be here in the middle of the summer. Actually, it feels like it's the middle of the summer. I know we're still really at the very beginning of the summer, but we are in June and we are enjoying our series as we are looking at the Father's Take on Fathers. We love the month of June. We love celebrating our earthly fathers, but we're also excited to celebrate how God is our father. And I think as we've been doing these reads together with you, walking this journey through the word of God together and seeing what God wants to speak to each of our hearts individually, the father's heart is being revealed. And boy, I cannot think of a greater way to spend the next 20, 25 minutes with you than sharing from the word of God what he's putting on our hearts and praying as he puts on your heart what he wants you to hear from these particular passages as well. Now, last week, we were so excited to have a special guest. We had Deb's dad, uh, Kirk Kahn, join us as we looked at the story of the prodigal son. And honestly, Deb, I kind of got choked up there a little bit at the end. And that was such a special moment for me. And I just love, you know, it's interesting. I got kind of choked up speaking to your dad. And then I'm thinking about the fact that, man, every morning I get to speak to our Heavenly Father. We all get to speak to our Heavenly Father. And what a special, special thing that is to enter his presence and hear from him directly. So today we are excited uh, to be in Mark chapter 10. Uh, verses 13 to 16. If you haven't had an opportunity to read it, you may have heard this passage before, this story before. It's the story of Jesus blessing the little children that are brought to him. And Laura, I think it's important just to, I like to remind myself that Jesus said, if you want to know what the heavenly father is like, you look at my life because I am the exact representation of the father. So as we read this, right, you know, I'm about to read this passage I think a good approach for each person, each of our listeners to say is, all right, Father, I'm going to listen to this podcast from Debbie and Laura, but what aspect of your of you as a dad do you want to bring to life in me? And it's a very personal thing. It's not mm. our story, right? Then it becomes your own story of Jesus revealing the Father. Absolutely. Now we are going to be following the reads um, tool as we go through the word today. And if you haven't been with us on this journey, it's read, examine, application, dialogue, and seeing in the spirit. It's an acronym for a Bible study tool that Deb's dad uh, received from the Lord. And so if you you haven't done this with us before, we'd encourage you to go back to uh, podcast episode number 92, where we give a pretty in-depth description on how to use this tool. And that's what you'll see us doing here. So Deb, why don't you um, read for us? We're in Mark 10, uh, verses 13 to 16, and we are in the Passion Translation. Okay, I'll read it. The parents kept bringing their little children to Jesus so that he would lay his hands on them and bless them. But the disciples kept rebuking and scolding the people for doing it. When Jesus saw what was happening, he became indignant with his disciples. And he said to them, let all the little children come to me and never hinder them. Don't you know that God's kingdom exists for such as these? Listen to the truth that I speak. Whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter it. Then he embraced each child and laying his hands on them, he lovingly blessed each one. 
I love that. I love it in every translation, but there is something really special about it in the passion there that you just read. Now, I think it's amazing how we've talked about this, right? This isn't a legalistic tool. We can, however the Lord chooses to move or speak to us as we are going through these passages. I wanted to start today, Deb, with the thing that I believe uh, God gave me as a seeing in the spirit as we are starting out this story. And uh, I've shared before that I was uh, in Greece not that long ago on vacation, and I was actually processing this passage at that time. And so when I asked the Lord uh, for a visual or a picture of what this passage was all about, I think I want to share this first, because God brought back to my mind um, something that I saw while I was walking uh, on the streets in Athens. And there were so many field trips going on while I was in Athens. So many uh, classrooms full of kids going to see all of the old ruins and the different historical things that are available to see in Athens. And I remember there was one particular scene that really caught my mind. And there was a stone wall. And on the stone wall, there was a classroom of kids sitting on this stone wall. There must have been about 25 kids. I'm thinking they were probably kindergarten, first grade age. And it was lunchtime. So they all had their, you know, their bagged lunch and they're sitting on the stone wall and they were all eating their lunch. And as I walked by, what I noticed was uh, there were boys and there were girls and there were tall kids and there were short kids and there were kids from every different race. And there were kids who had their hair up and there were kids who had their hair down and there were blonde kids and there were dark haired kids. And you can kind of see the picture that I'm drawing here. And every single uh, grouping of kids on this stone wall was laughing. And what I noticed was all of these kids together, they were from all different places. They had all different backgrounds. Who knows what their families were all about at that moment? You know, crazy, not crazy, whatever was going on in their backstory. When they all came together, there was so much joy. It wasn't just that it was a cute scene to witness. There was so much joy and so much laughter coming out of that group of kids sitting on this wall. And as I walked by, of course, again, knowing that we would be at this at this passage, I was just like, this is a picture of the kingdom of God. Little children all just enjoying being together wrapped around a common thing. They were on a field trip. They were laughing. You didn't see anybody arguing. You didn't see anybody saying that's my seat or get out of my way on the wall. It was like everybody was coming together. And so when I was actually doing the reads on this and I asked Lord for a visual, he so clearly took me back to that moment where I walked by and was really putting on my heart. Do you see this? Do you see these little children? How nobody's thinking about their differences. They're just enjoying being in the presence of each other and just enjoying being on the journey that I have them on. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a great picture of the kingdom of God, the way that we are supposed to be responding. And when we think about the fact that the kingdom of God is made up of people who have the faith of little children, that's really what it is. And so that's really what I want to start with today, because I think just seeing that picture and then working backwards um, gives me a, a great greater understanding maybe of what Jesus was even saying as he shares this story with the disciples who are trying to keep the kids away. Mm. So I love the fact that you can mix it up and start from the back to the beginning Yes, <laughs> with the C first. Uh, but let's, let's go back to the beginning from your ending uh, to look at examine. Now, when I read this, Laura, there were two scriptures in here that s- similar wording, um, but drew me in. And this is where the Holy Spirit was leading me that 
this is an aspect of the father I want you to get. It's verse 13, that the parents kept bringing their little children to Jesus so that he would lay his hands on them and bless them. And then at the end, verse 16, he embraced each child, laying his hands on them and lovingly he blessed them. Now the word that I wanted to find in the Greek, like what, what was it, the original meaning behind laying your hands on, touching, touching and laying your hands on. In the Greek, it's um, it's pronounced haptomei. And I love this. This is where it takes it on a deeper dive and the Lord just starts going, wow, Debbie, this is so much more than you realized. That laying on the hands means in the Greek to modify or to change by touching. It is a touching that influences it's touching someone or something in a way that alters them, changes or modifies them. And then even down a little further, the root word hapto is to like to kindle something, to light something. When you think you're going to light a fire, it's like one spark and it creates a big change uh, instantly. Mm-hmm. And so this laying on the hands means that when I touch you, something is going to change. I I said, where else is this word used? It's a similar word when the woman reached out and touched the cloak of Jesus. She was a woman with the issue of blood. She touches the cloak. There he's not even touching her. She's touching him and she's instantly healed. It's the same touch when Jesus touched the eyes of a blind man and instantly he could see. So I was drawn into uh, that that truth behind the wording that a touch from the father changes me, alters Amen. me, right? Creates something new. The other thing I was um, thinking about was a lot of a lot of places in in the gospel stories where Jesus had someone come to him so he could touch them. They had a very obvious need, but you don't really read that here. The parents weren't coming and saying she's got a she's got a bad cold, she can't walk. They just wanted him to touch the children so that he could bless them. And knowing that whenever Jesus touches the blessing, it can come in a variety of forms. It can come in healing. It can come in a restorative way or just blessing. So that's, that's where I was drawn in the examine. Mm, I love that so much. I love that. I really, really do. I love looking at the words and to think that touch means that is, is very powerful. Um, I was really drawn to uh, two different things. Number one was the first verse that you just referenced, verse 13, where uh, the parents kept bringing their little children to Jesus so that he would bless them. He would lay his hands on them and bless them. And I love the fact that it says the parents kept bringing, right? This was not a one-time thing. This wasn't like, oh, just one parent brought their kid. This was a continual bringing. But what I recognized here was that there was actually a father, right, who is bringing his child. There was a bringing that was happening. There was an earthly father who is bringing his child to Jesus. But at the same time, if we look at this from a spiritual perspective, what I could see is there's actually two sets of fathers going uh, through this passage because just like the earthly father was bringing their children to Jesus, the heavenly father was mm. also bringing children to Jesus in this moment. I think you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So as the parents were bringing their children to Jesus, they were actually bringing their children to the truth. And what I see in this passage is that Jesus, the heavenly father, God the father, is actually doing the very same thing. He is bringing 
his children to a place of revealed and new truth. Mm. And as we go through this, we see that what the disciples are like, no, 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 like keep the kids away. Like if we think about their perspective, the children were a waste of time. Jesus had more important stuff to do. And so their perspective was they because of who they are or the age that they are, there's something that should keep them away from Jesus in this moment. So let's stop the bringing But when we stop the bringing, we are hindering a revelation of truth. And so I really see uh, the disciples stepping in here saying, no, 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 you're you're not worth it. Like there's bringing that's going to reveal truth, but you are exempt from this bringing at this moment. And what blows my mind is let's think about who these disciples were, right? Fishermen, tax collectors. How many times would somebody on the outside have said, oh, no, no, uh, there's somebody to be brought and you are on the outside here, right? How many times would the disciples have been excluded when somebody wanted to bring somebody in? But here, God the Father loved the children enough that he had their fathers bring them to the truth. But he loved the disciples enough, those who are excluding others but have been excluded themselves, to say that regardless of who you've been, where you've been, how you're different, what your place is sitting on the wall, you know, according to my picture from Greece there, regardless of where you've been, like, it's almost like God, the father is saying to the disciples, listen, I have brought you here because I'm revealing truth to you too. Mm. And and if we think about what the disciples are going to do in the future, they're going to be world changers for the kingdom. They couldn't have this perspective going forward. And so here's the heavenly father bringing his children to Jesus, the truth, so that why, right? They could be like little children themselves and come to a place where just like my visual with Greece, they would go out in the book of Acts and say, come to the wall. Come on, Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. come on in. There's joy in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I read this and I, I say, oh my goodness, two sets of fathers are going on here. These earthly fathers are just a picture of what the heavenly father was doing for his children that were mm-hmm. not walking according to the truth in that moment. Mm. So I love it. And I'm, th- I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, I don't even know what you've done in your application or your dialogue yet, but honestly, Lauren, my mind is starting to go, Debbie, this would be really cool for you to still study for yourself mm. because in our lives, right, we go to the truth and that's where we find healing. Amen. Amen. It's when we, do you see what I'm it saying? Together. Like, yes. It's like the Holy Spirit saying, this is, there's more here, Deb's like, yes, you know, finish, finish recording your podcast and then go back and, yes. Yes. and keep digging in a little bit more. That's I, love, I it. love it. Love it. Well, the application, right. This is where you are. You and I've spent a lot of time. We just, we're only sharing a little bits of what's in our journals, but we have looked at all this parts of examine and then what's the application? What's the one line? of what I need to remember. And what I wrote was pretty simple that I need to remember to draw near to my heavenly father in that personal one-on-one time with him. So he can touch me. Amen. It's going back to the importance where, where was Jesus touching the kids? It's when they were drawn near. Amen. So Amen. That's right. What, what was your application? My application was simple. I need to remember that when I see anyone other than the way that Christ sees them, I am not operating in childlike faith. Mm, say that one more time. That's good. That when I see anyone other than the way that Christ sees them, I am not operating in childlike faith. Mm. 
that's good. I think I need to still have more quiet time on this. I, <laughs> Both like of the, us. I know, I know. That's just, it's, I love just hearing what you're sharing now because it's stirring my, my, I'm desiring to get back in the word even more, which is really mm. cool. So dialogue is where you ask the Lord, father, what do you want to say to me today? Right. You're asking the father, what do you want to say? This is, I'm just going to read right from my journal. Debbie, my heart, my father's heart longs to just hold you. You're my child. I just want to touch you. I want to comfort you. I want to have my hand on your shoulder, giving you gentle direction as you go about your day. My hand will pull you back away from danger. My hand will tend to and I'll heal what is broken and what is bruised on your heart. Sometimes, Debbie, you feel like when you come to me, you need to have a present need as if you needed a reason to come to me. You never, ever need a reason to come to me as your father. Mm. I just love that you come. Mm. I want you to experience my hand of blessing. So just come close, leave, or just step away from all the distractions. And, you know, don't come occasionally. I want you to come frequently because I will always be available. And every time you come close, I lay my hand on you and you will change. I impart to you the blessing of being loved by your papa, by your daddy, God. Mm, I love that, Debbie. I, I That is like what every heart longs for to hear from their heavenly father and their earthly father, right? And that that's just such a, there's something to that that really touched my heart. My dialogue, uh, Laura, in this world that is so hostile and broken with people shutting others out quickly and acting in their own understanding rather than mine, I am creating a culture of welcoming in the church. I want you to intentionally welcome, like a little child, others into my presence, bringing them to the truth. This is evidence of your childlike faith and the way I will increase the kingdom, a kingdom culture of childlike faith. Mm. Mm. Again, isn't it cool? Same passage, same mm-hmm. six verses, two very different you know, different takes on it. It's all yep. personal. <laughs> yep. I love it. Well, you read your C at the beginning and I'm going to read mine. Um, a lot of times God shows me different pictures of that's not like this right from the scripture, but where he took me on this one literally was like into the story. Mm. And so I'm just, again, when you, when you're writing out your C, it's important that you're just writing what you're seeing and not interpreting what you're seeing, right? That was part of uh, the teaching that dad really enforced. Don't try to figure it out. Just describe what you're seeing. You can always go back and ask God later. What, what, like if it's something unusual. So this is what I wrote. I see Jesus sitting on a log in a field with a grove of trees nearby. There's a crowd gathered around him and they're listening. And some are listening to him. Some are talking amongst themselves. I see several disciples hovering around Jesus almost protectively. I see some parents making their way through the crowds, leading some small children. You know, some I see are carrying them on their hips. Some are holding their hands. Some have their hands on their shoulders and some have little hands clasped in theirs. I see them drawing closer to where Jesus is sitting And as they get near, I see the disciples now looking at them, moving in their direction. I see the men speaking to these parents, shaking their heads and pointing in a direction that is away. 
I see the parents looking around their shoulders at Jesus, motioning with their hands in Jesus's direction. I see Jesus standing now. His voice is no longer hushed. He's motioning with his hands, his arms to come closer. I see confusion, even annoyance on the faces of the disciples, but they do step aside. And I see the parents move swiftly now past the disciples through the crowd. I see a small child. Gosh, this is making me choke up. Mm. I see a small child break free from her dad's hands and run to Jesus. She reaches him and locks her arms around his legs. He bends over and he holds her tightly in an embrace. Well, that was odd. I don't know why I just broke down. There's something, you know, dad always said there's power in just reading what you wrote, but she breaks free and she takes off right for Jesus. So that was my C. And, um, I guess there was something more to it <laughs> since I'm like, yeah, not Deb. since I'm not crying, not sure why, but Deb, I'll, I'm telling you, I, I think God is just moving in so powerfully in these, these reads to a place of vulnerability, uh, for not just you and me, yeah. for those, uh, those who are in this, this community with us. And, uh, it's so healthy. It's just so healthy. Just putting some thoughts together. You're talking about leading children to the truth. Yeah. Right. The truth of how God sees them. And I'm, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit even right now say, as you lead children and we're all children, right? We're all children mm -hmm. of God. So you can be a 55 year old child, but yeah. as you're being led into the truth, there's a point where you bolt and you run and you break free running to Jesus. Yeah. You know, there's a, a powerful, there's a powerful truth as Bible study teachers that we, we love to teach the truth to women and see it connect with them, resonate with them. Yep. But when it clicks, right, when it clicks for the person who has been led by somebody to the truth where now they've latched onto it themselves and now they run, right? Amen. They are running now for themselves Amen. to know that they can then get to the father directly. I almost feel like, um, I feel like God is reminding me of why we teach, why you and I love to teach Bible studies, mm -hmm. because it's, it's leading people to the truth. Amen. And the desire I know for both of us is that in, in teaching the word and leading, uh, women with who pretty much we teach is women to embrace the truth. There's a point where it clicks for them. And they just run. Yep. They just break free and they run. And that woman is then able to then go and lead somebody else because it's their story. Amen. Right. It's their story. Amen. And Debbie, let's take it back to the story at the very beginning. Then it's all the women sitting on the wall. Yeah. All with a story different hair, different races, different ages, different family backgrounds. And yet the inner joy that we get to share in community because we're circled around the truth mm -hmm. and because we've been touched by the father mm -hmm. running free. I mean, what a way, what a way to hear from the Lord today. Wow. wow. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have been revealing just to our hearts personally and what you want to do with what's happened today. So, um, wow, I, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> 
We're going to conclude here. What, just a few short verses, and yet God really spoke so much. It, you know, I pray that this encouraged you. I know it did today as you've been with us on this journey. Um, if you've if you've walked through this with us and you'd like to share something with us, you know you can always contact us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I would encourage you to really reread this passage if you haven't already. I think Deb and I are both going to do that. And I I'm, think so. <laughs> so excited. So excited. This is the final week in our series, um, The Father's a Take on, on Fathers. And so we hope that you'll join us again in July. We've got something exciting planned, and we look forward to hanging with you again soon. So have a great day. God bless you. Uh, keep coming to the truth, right? The Father wants to touch you. He's got good in store for you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.